that you're strong. Yeah. Tell me what you want after this blow. You know you're nasty. You know you're nasty. Uber out of my house, call the taxi. I'm picking with my baby. I'm deciding. Call me to your baby. I'm sliding. I'm picking with my baby. I'm deciding. podcast welcome to the culture of boredom but hold up hold up hold up hold up listen to this man first let me get that introduction we all no long bro you say all destruction you were so in love you were gonna tell me nothing let me get this clear mashup of Alia's one in a million and don't Oliver no idea and what I've been doing this morning today the whole day is list from morning all the whole day is listen to Alia's remixes of one in a million and other artists so these people just took this beat and made it alive again like they revived her I feel like Alia is is alive. This is a resurrection of Alia and I'm loving it. So I chose four tracks of this one in a million instrumental that was covered by different artists, remixes, mashups, and I'm going to be playing them today on the podcast. But that's not only the thing we're going to do today. We're going to talk about some very interesting things. I'm going to talk about my most toxic relationship. This is by public demand. I got a lot of requests from Twitter to do this podcast. So you're welcome. <laughs> so this, this podcast is for people who requested it and for people who um, subscribed to it. And a few people that I'm going to tag to this very episode that personally requested, Marka, can you please like do a podcast of this in detail. So where did all this come from? Let me give you a little bit of a backstory. So Chelsea from Twitter, this girl, she holds spaces on Twitter. She had a space on toxic relationships. So I shared my experience of my most toxic relationship. And uh, after sharing, I, I just shared like briefly, not in detail, 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 but just briefly about it. And a lot of people were really interested in knowing exactly how that went. And apparently some of the things were unbelievable. So apparently nations in Takasona Mabuduro. Child, sit your ass down. Okay, nobody got time for that. I got no time for that. I know my life is different from a lot of 
Tom, Harry, and Dix are there. But um, I think I had quite, uh, I have, not I had, I have quite an adventurous life. It's crazy. The thing about me is I do things on impulse. When I was younger, it was worse, but now I'm more seasoned. So I actually think before I do whatever I want to do. I did things on impulse. I followed my heart, didn't listen to nobody except did what I wanted. This is why I had a life that was above the norm. It was crazy. It was on my terms. It was a Makaita type of life. So um, be sharing that about my relationship and little tidbits of all of these Alia's um, amazing remixes, covers, and mashups. You are going to love them. All of them, like, they're all mind-blowing. And I chose special songs that you totally love and appreciate. And if you're an 80s, 90s child, you really appreciate this type of music. But if you're, I'm a 2000 uh, Generation Z, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong platform. Bye-bye. Oh, I'm kidding. Please try to listen to this. I think you love it because since they Sierra, there's Rihanna in it. And there is... um. What's her name? Oh my gosh, I forgot her name. But, oh, Ariana Grande is there also. So I'm sure you find your way and relate to one of those tracks. I met this guy, so we're going to give him a pseudonym. I can't use his real name, sorry. His name is Tawanda. I met Tawanda somewhere <laughs> in Bulawayo. So um, we met at some really shady, dodgy place. <laughs> that I will not name. We saw each other and we just clicked. Yo, like, I felt like I had known him forever and we were just talking and hanging and all that. And we decided that, nah, 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 nah. This is love at first sight. Of course, it wasn't love at first sight. It was just physical attraction. There was a lot of chemistry. It was electrifying. There was a lot of chemistry. So in... I don't know. I told you I was very impulsive and crazy and followed my heart and really didn't care about a lot of things. And some of the decisions that I made were not well thought. I didn't think them through properly. So we met today. The second day, we decided that we we're going to go and get tattoos uh, of our names on each other. So I was going to get his name tatted on me and he was going to get my name tatted on him. So we agreed. Basically, we said, okay, we're going to have a relationship and we feel like we're soulmates. It was so mutual. This wasn't just me. It was also him. Already, you can tell that this relationship, the foundation was <clears throat> not solid. It was a bit crazy. Um, so we decided that we're going to do this. We're going to make a pact that we're going to relationship this forever. We made a pact that these tattoos that we're having it, uh, the, uh, what's going to seal our little pact and make sure that we follow through and no one is going to pull out. And it wasn't fake. It was real and genuine. So we agreed. We went to uh, to the tattoo parlor in Bulawa. You're there by the funny mall. What's the name of the mall? I forgot the mall, the main mall in town. We went. The um, Pane Baku, Pane Cafe Baku. Oh, I forgot. But then we went there and then he, I got uh, a tramp stamp of his name and he got my name on his shoulder blade. And that's how the relationship began. So 
I haven't even said much, but already it's looking hella wild. So let's listen to this. Goodbye. I just wanna find you, you, baby. You and I can have a good time. Tell me what you like. Now listen, I've been single for a while now, and I've been kind of lonely. But I'm looking for somebody to talk to, love me, somebody who can hold me. Is that you? When the beat dropped, I had literal goosebumps on my skin. Like, what the? What the? Listen to this, y'all. Listen Come to this. Enjoy the life. Baby, take a bite. I just want to find you. You. Baby, you and I can have a good time. Tell me what you like. Now, listen. I've been single for a while now. We gotta do this again one more time. This is the last time, I promise. I swear. Did you hear that drop? <laughs> Did you hear the beat drop? Did you hear that? Let's do this one more time. One more time. I swear this is the last time. Come enjoy the life, baby. Take a bite. I just wanna find you, you, baby. You and I can have a good time. Tell me what you like. Now listen, I've been single for a while now, and I've been kind of lonely. But I'm looking for somebody to talk to, love me, somebody who can hold me. Better than the original Sierra song. she's alive oh my god rest in peace queen forever in our hearts um like a real alia fan in my teenage years i actually went around the school writing her name on the walls that's how much i love her okay so let's get back to my most toxic relationship so me and Tawanda, we started off. Let me give you the fundamentals of this relationship, the, the foundation, the basis of this relationship. Number one, we met on the first day, decided we're in love. We, are, we were going to start this relationship. And before we even started this relationship, we made a pact and had tattoos to seal that pact. Okay? He was crazy. I was crazy. We were so wrong for each other. We were two broken pieces of the puzzle trying to fit 
but we didn't fit. And the only thing that kept us going was the SEX. There was so much chemistry, like we were sexually compatible. So it was really good. And you know how when that part of the relationship is so good, it fogs everything else, all the problems, the red flags, logic and reasoning, which now it just goes out of the window because the D, the ledge of the pipe was immaculate. So that's what kept us going. If I look back at the relationship, I realized it was only about the physical part. Emotionally and everything, it was a mess. So what we did with Tawanda, Tawanda isolated me from my family and friends. He was a narcissist. He isolated from he isolated me from everything. So my whole focus was on him. And then on the other hand, he had his own social life and he didn't want to me to mingle with his social life. So he, I was just there alone as Maka, as another part of him. And then he had a whole other life with his friends and family and everything. So already you can see how this was such a toxic setup. We were both toxic. I was toxic. Uh, he made me toxic if I look at it. He made me toxic because I started obsessing over him. I was so obsessed with him because there was nothing else going on for me except him. I had just left down uni and the only thing that I was doing was leaving for Tawanda and waiting on him. So I started micromanaging every little thing about him, his phone, where he went, who he was with. Like I'll get on his phone and look at his call log and check who he talked to that day and for how long. His messages, his social media, I would call him. If we're not together, I would constantly call him because he used to go to work. So I would call him and ask where he is, what he's doing. Uh, I would like, uh, tell me where you are. I'm, I'm coming there right now. I want to check if you're really there. You know, that type of like obsessive, pushy girlfriend. That's what I became. I could not think of anything else. So what made the situation, situation worse was I found out that he was with someone else. So you know how you've got this gut feeling that tells you that something is not right. You know, your intuition is telling you, mm, girl, <laughs> something is happening. I didn't have proof. I didn't have anything, but I just knew deep in the depths of my heart that something was not right with this relationship. And this nigga was seeing someone else. So the obsession, the whole stalking him and everything just went worse. It went to literally physically stalking him. Like I'll go around following him and hiding and seeing who is he with? That's how bad it went. It, it, it was. So um, this what happened one day I, he left, he, he, he told me some, it was a Saturday, he wasn't going to work. We were staying together. And he went into town and then he said something sketchy. It wasn't even clear. He said, he mumbled something about, hey, I'm going to town to do this and this. It wasn't even clear. Then he left. And then when I stayed behind, I started thinking, mm, what, did, what did you say I was going to go, go into in town? Didn't make sense. Uh, the paranoia really got me. I was like, no, this nigga is going to cheat. So we lived in a small town. I can't mention the town. We lived in a small town, his hometown. And 
everyone knows everybody. There's one main road in that town. So everybody knows everybody. And if you get into town, if you ask, did you see Tawanda? Someone will actually point with, oh, yeah, he's parked that, that side. Oh, oh, yeah, he parked. He said he's going this other place. You know, you'd actually ask and you can, someone can actually tell you, okay, yeah, he was here. So I went to town, bro. And I started walking in town. I'm just looking and all that. And um, I'm just walking around, scouting for his car, maybe parked somewhere. And then guess what? His car just whizzed by me. And he, on the passenger seat, there was some girl who was sitting there with blonde hair. <laughs> the palpitations, the hyperventilating, the nausea. I physically got sick. You know, when you're on your psycho level obsession, it's mental and it's physical. I felt sick to my stomach. I was like, shit, I caught the nigga. But the car just whizzed by. So it, it turned into the small road. And I knew already there was a road that branched off from the main road. And I quickly ran. And I could see the car disappearing around the curb. And going. So there was this road that would go like uphill. So in that sango, it only led to this mine or a lodge, this beautiful lodge. It was new. It was a new lodge, beautiful. When they once for his friend's birthday party, like for the whole weekend, it was a weekend birthday party thing. So I knew there was a lodge there. And in I just knew he was taking this girl there. Bro, did I not? I couldn't think straight. I was like, I am following this nigga to the lodge. So you can see from when it branches off from the main road, there was a little bit of a turn, turn, turn. Then you get into that road that leads to the mine. So it was like an uphill slope. So you can actually see a car going up. So I saw the car after you left town, downtown. And then you can check the car going uphill, getting into the sango. The only thing was the mine and the lodge. And he was this girl. Oh, there was a little um, komboni thing. But no, I just knew he wasn't going to the komboni, to the mine. He was going to the lodge with this girl. He was going to screw her. I knew it. I just started walking. <laughs> Guys! I walked. And then I, I, it was a dust road. It branched into a little dust road. I walked down the dust road. I walked for 10 kilometers. And when I said this on the space, people were saying, hey, she's lying. Bro, I didn't even know which turn off do you take to go to the lodge. So I had to look for where you turn. Panama tire prints because Papa Sinama signage. This lodge was new and that was long back. That was a long time ago. Papa Sinama signage. So I actually literally had to look kind of Panama tire tricks. Panorazza Kutipani road, you know, Tena, Panofambani motor. That's what I meant that I was actually looking for tire tricks to see if there was a, the turn off where it turned because the road wasn't clear. Papa Kazarama Uskwa and all that. Okay. So I walked. For 10K is my nigga. Nagata Shena Zinoshika ku ku matais. Shena Zinoshika ku. Kunanzuchi, what do you, how do you, matais anazi? Kunanashika ku zijiga. Shena niku famba, butu gutaku varuka. Did you famba because it was a rocky road? 
and I walked ndishitaza kufema ndine hasha I didn't even care was, I had this adrenaline so really those 10 kilometers I really didn't feel it because the whole time in my mind all I could see was this little batok squinched together while pumping someone else that's all I could think of I walked and then I I did find the turn off it was very clear it wasn't what I thought I thought I I had to actually look for it but it was clear they had cleared the road the last time we were there it wasn't that cleared but then when I got to it I knew this was the turn off I went down I got to the lodge it was the only car that was parked there I saw the car and it kure and tears were already coming hot down my face <laughs> you know you can actually no pianga you get mental I was talking to myself Jesus, Lord, gosh, the things that I went through were ridiculous and unnecessary. To be honest, I should have walked away from that relationship, but I didn't have enough sense. Then the Vandashika. By reception, at the receptionist looked at me and knew everything was not okay. And I was like, I'm looking for the people who came in that car that's parked outside. And she was like, who are you? I need to know. I need to let them know. I can't tell them. And then some guy, some guy was at the back. And she's like, ah, panemuna neta kudavanu, vashika panapashwanzwe kunamba waniere. I just had room number one, room number one. I stormed off. Ndakatanga kuenda ku room number one. Ndakatashika ku room number one. I heard sounds, guys. Mwone. Ah, ah. Sex sounds. Muromo uyu. Unodedera, you quiver. You froth from the corners of your mouth. Your lower lip quivers. You shake. You can hear your heart in your stomach your heart like literally drops into your stomach you break into a sweat you, you, you just see red the rage you just blind with rage and the door was not locked they didn't bother to lock i mean they, i didn't think they would think that anyone would walk in right i just opened the door and there he was on the bed on top of another girl yes his buttocks were pinched as I had imagined the whole 10 kilometers that I walked and scorched in the sun. That by the time I was done walking those 10 kilometers, I, I was a shade darker. And then I just walked in. I was like, I just went there. I started throwing punches and punches. And the girl just grabbed a sheet and she covered herself. And she was looking like, what the hell? And guess what? I know the girl. Imagine. And she knows that he was with me. And we we talked. I remember we shared CDs at some point in time because she liked Rihanna and I liked Rihanna. And she was like, and then I was like, oh, you can have my Rihanna CD. I, remember, I forgot what album it was, but I actually gave her my Rihanna CD. And there she was. Girl, <laughs> I couldn't breathe. He ran into the bathroom, his little dingali hanging between his legs. And this girl just started wearing. I was like, how could you? He told me that you guys broke up. That's the only reason why I'm with them. 
and he's been pursuing me for months. I didn't even know because you were living with them and all that she was explaining. And I was like, girl, that doesn't matter. Let me deal with my human being. So I followed him toilet. I was throwing soap boxes at him, my shampoo, pushing him around. He's like, what are you doing here? Hey, what are you doing? I don't care. You can't be asking me that. What are you doing here? I did I did It was a very awkward ride home, the three of us in the car. <laughs> we dropped her off in town and we went home. So from that very incident, my obsession and paranoia just shoot up. It, it just went up the roof. I it just crazy. So now I didn't trust the nigger and I had evidence and proof for that. And he didn't make it any easier. He wasn't remorseful. He wasn't apologetic. I mean, I literally caught him in the act, but he didn't really care. He was like, every time like you always bring up, because you're so traumatized by all of it, huh? He cheated on you and you feel betrayed and you're always bringing it up. You'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sick of this. I mean, get over it. I, I couldn't get over it. So the obsession and the stalking just increased. We just got into another higher gear. And that's when I followed him at work because I suspected that he was seeing his secretary, was it the receptionist from his workplace. I had suspicions that he was seeing her, but I didn't have proof. You know, you just see a girl laughing, laughing with your man and she's calling, they're texting, although it was about work. But in your mind, you're thinking, mm, okay, this girl is too pretty for this nigga to just work with. I think he's probably boinking her. So I started following him, following him at work. He didn't know. Like I would hang around his workplace outside and hide while looking what he's doing. Like I could see him through the window. That's how crazy it was. <laughs> Can we play um, one of the tricks? So this podcast is supposed to be 30 minutes, but I feel like it's going to be longer. So we're going to do two segments. Instead of 30 minutes, we're going to do an hour. Um, so let, this is Rihanna and Aliyah mashup. Rihanna uh, needed me. And then Aliyah in one. This is magical. I mean, listen to this, y'all. When I listened, when I heard this, I went bonkers. Confess, 
tell you, each and every one in a million remix is going down. So this was done by, I don't know how to pronounce the name, so let me not attempt it. <laughs> but uh, if you go on my Twitter timeline, I tweeted about all of this. I actually posted the YouTube links to the to each and every song that I've been playing on this podcast. So you will actually get the link straight to the song. So yeah, this how Tawander drove me crazy in the relationship. And I told you that he had a thriving social life. So like weekends he would go out with his friends both female and male and i'll stay at home okay and that would drive me crazy our time is up so let's take a break so that i can shift to the next segment because anchor only allows me to record 30 minutes at a time so just hold on hold on say this one in a million thing going on and they're thinking i i am just my blown. i am loving each and every single song that i've listened to i don't know how i'm not a professional producer i don't know how to seamlessly stitch together the episodes this the last segment that we did and this segment so i think there's gonna be a little bit of a glitch but it's only for for a second i haven't listen to it but if you feel like there was a little bit of a pause like a glitch and uh, on to the next segment please forgive me i'm not doing this in a studio uh oh yeah i finally got a microphone but it's not working i actually tested the microphone before i started this episode and there's some funny sound coming out of it so i have to take it back and swap with another one that is working better 
So uh, that's on the progress about the podcast. So once we had a microphone, I think it will sound a little bit more professional than it is right now, but we have to work with what we do, right? Right. Um, so I was talking about Tawanda and uh, stalking him at work. So one day, uh, one of my stalking missions, he left his office with that receptionist and they got in the car. So when I was watching them as they got in the car and then they started backing down, reversing from the car park, and then I was trying to get to them. But then he quickly sped off before I could get there. So I was running down the road calling him, Tawanda, 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 the car going, it sped off. So there's a bunch of ladies who just stopped their car and they're like, ah, sister, are you okay? Is everything okay? And then I was like, that's my husband in that car I was chasing and he just sped off with his girlfriend in the car. And the ladies was like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, get in the car, get in the car. Let's go after that car. And then I just got in the car. There were like three ladies. I got in the car and then we sped after Tawanda's car. And then the car stopped. Tawanda's car stopped at the traffic lights. And then the, 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 I, I got out of the car and then I went and started knocking the, the driver's window. I was like, Tawanda, Tawanda. He just looked at me, bro. He looked at me. He just looked at me at once. He looked at the traffic light elevator green and then he sped off. And I can't see my toes. He ran over my toes. I was just left there limping, shocked, unable to comprehend what had just happened. Those ladies had driven off. Went to see her pipe. I had to actually get a cab and go to the emergency room. I got to the emergency room. Uh, my toes were fine. They were not bad. I just got bruises and all that. And I got bandages and painkillers. And I had to call him to come and pick me up from the emergency room. He just came. And I was limping. And just drove home. He never asked me what happened to you. Are you okay? Or what, what? No one talked to anybody. I didn't ask him about what happened that day. We never talked about what happened that day. I just went home with my limping toe. So I was so devastated by everything that happened and his lack of concern, his lack of empathy, compassion. He just didn't care. He just ran over me. And he really didn't care or asked me or anything like he was just aloof and continued. He was just on his phone, not even paying attention. In Indagati, data say to get his attention, let me uh, pretend to attempt to commit suicide. So I got like a bunch of pills, akawanda, then some pills on the floor. And then I entered the container like a flasher the rest of the of the pills and then i lay i laid down on the on the toilet floor getting unconscious like nafa and then i just waited for him put us on the notice and i got up a floor toxic level final form y'all <laughs> so i i i 
he finally found me. Other obvious language was not toilet sooner or later. So I ended up toilet and wanna kakabaki my pills carpa flow. Paka my own watch much my pills which was around me in the garara on the floor. And he was like, excuse me, I want to pee. If I'm a garara, she can sha chimbomira josha. If I want to pee. And then he just took my hand, he dragged me who passage. He got in the toilet, closed the door, and then he peed. Abu down from peeing, he went to bed. passage <laughs> on the cold floor. Eventually, I had to pick myself up from the from the passage floor and crawl back to the bed and sleep. <laughs> never again. I would never, never again. Jesus, it was the worst relationship ever. So he never asked me what it was never talked about. We never really addressed anything. There was no form of communication. We really didn't interact except when we were having sex. That was the main basis of our relationship anyway. And it carried on like that. There was nothing. We were like strangers who were familiar with their genitals. And nothing more and nothing less. And then this other time, I left. I pretended to leave. I didn't really leave. But I went to my friend's place. And I said, I can't do this. This is toxic. This is not even a real relationship. And he begged me. Yo, I was even shocked. He begged me. Yeah, come back. My wife. I want you. I've got big plans for us. He just begged me. Please come back. And you walk and take some sort of emotion. This guy. This guy. Back to default settings. Imagine. He start acting like the shithead. That he is a little fucked and he's, he's ignoring me, not talking to me, and all of that. So we're back to square one. So he just wanted to have me around, you know, and just hanging around and begging for his attention. And at the same time, he didn't want to lose me. It was such a broken setup. So these are the main stories that I, I shared on the space. I could share more with you but then i'm feeling hella triggered right now like maybe we can listen to something else while i take a breather because oh so we're gonna hear to we're going to listen to another mashup and this one is the one with ariana grande so i'm at 2000 i promise you there'll be a mashup with ariana grande it's still the one in a million instrumental Just fine. 
I told you, I told you, each and every remix of this song is fire. I told you. Okay, so my relationship with Tawanda was like that. We had so many on and offs. Um, I left him several times. That, that was not the first time I left him. I left him other times and he would beg me to come back. And I would go back. And it carried on and on like that. He cheated on me over and over and over again. And at some point in time, he gave me an STI. But I still stayed. I still stayed. And I, there was something uh, about Tawanda. I really can't exactly say how we got so infectious with each other and couldn't leave each other. Like it was, uh, we, we were terrible, wrong for each other, toxic for each other. But somehow we, we had to stay together. We couldn't leave each other. He couldn't, I couldn't. And if I finally managed to muster up enough courage to leave, he would bring me back. And so it went on like this back and forth, back and forth for years, yo. And then people were asking me, Kuti, what about the tattoo? Because I said that the tattoo faded. And people were like, ah, fade. For all y'all who don't know that tattoo fades, a tattoo can fade, okay? Can also be squatter to Nyarara, shut up and sit down. And let me explain this to you. Can also be squatter to you know, you would know that a tattoo can actually fade. You are even told that. Pawnee squat tattoo. If the scab, ye tattoo, yaka visqua, wakai kwenya, kwi penengura. If you peel it off, the tattoo disappears. It doesn't disappear, but you know, Sarakarika faint. Kasunga woneke. Okay, and if the aftercare is piss poor, it's not up to standard for the tattoo, it fades. Y'all know that. If you have ever had a tattoo, you'd know that. If you've never had a tattoo, girl, dude, nigga, sit down and let me explain to you. Because he is faded from the get-go. It's not Kutiagas or Fader later on. No, from the get-go. Because so he probably really didn't care, take care of it because they get on his shoulder. Pamsana, so I ain't go gaze and go peka without even looking if it's healing or not. Or he maybe a couple quenya in the peeled of the scab. I wasn't there after for the aftercare of his tattoo. But during the entire relationship, his tattoo, you could barely see it. You could barely. And I, I thought maybe because it was dark. I saw your little tweet say, eh, because it's dark. Mm -hmm. it, it back then at that time, I just thought maybe it's his complexion, but it, it was also the aftercare that he didn't really do it properly for his tattoo. That why, that's why it was so faint. You could hardly see it. And if you could see it, you couldn't even make out. But my, my, my stayed, I still had it. And years later, I had to go back to the tattoo parlor and get a cover up. I got a cover up. I put um, a heart with wings on top of it. So the heart has got wings and then a little crown on top of the heart. Instead of a halo, there's a crown on top of the heart. So it's like a 
angel's heart. That's what I did. I covered his name with an angel's heart tattoo up to today. And that's what happened with him. And this is a real story. It happened to me. It was very traumatic. I had a lot of healing that I had to do. So one day I just woke up and I was like, fuck this shit. Time I end up. By then I was 25. 25, 24. We were in a relationship for a long time, but we stayed together. In that relationship, we stayed together for about two years. But when I finally left him, I was 24, and I just pegged one day, one morning. I forgot it's one of those times where I'm throwing my little tantrums. I'm just going to leave, and he's going to ask me to come back, and then I come back. So he really didn't care much about it. But he asked me, you pegged everything, because that morning when I woke up, I pegged everything. I didn't leave a single thing of, of mine. I pegged literally every single position of mine and i was like i am going and this time uh i would like leave and go to my friend's place but this time i actually took a bus to harare so that's he got nervous because i never done that go to actually go to harare so he was really nervous because i was like can you take me to the bus station and he thought I was kidding. He goes, ah, you're being dramatic. Hey, there's no need for you to do this. I go, no, 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 no. Take me to the bus station. Takashika ku bus stop. Kwakamira kombi. And I put my bags in the kombi. I got in the kombi. I didn't even look back at him to say bye. And I go farm, but straight, naga face, serious with my poker face on, walked into the kombi and left. I never looked back. I went to Harare. I went back home and I needed to heal. I needed to be away from him. From him, I needed to clear my head and get my rational thoughts back and start thinking like a logical, normal person. If you're still driven, emotion or you know, the emotional abuse and mental abuse that I was going through with this nigger, with this narcissist. So I went home and then he called me and Ah, he was like, I miss you. I miss you at home. You know that you're my wife. Like, I miss, I would miss you on our bed and all that. And I was like, ah, I'm not going back. To be honest, in truth be told, I'm done with this relationship. I can't do it anymore. And he was like, why? Hey, my wife, there's no one else for me. Hey, you know, he's trying to do his old trick of being all chummy, chummy so that I fall for it. But I was, that time... I was like, nope, I'm done. Obviously, the relationship continued, but I was distant and I started seeing other people and eventually I, it just didn't work. He started seeing someone else. He even came to Harare to see me and his other little girlfriend called him Anini. And then when I grabbed the phone from him, and the girl was shocked and because she thought could he had gone to her to do some business deal. And then I was like, ah, dude, come on. Why did you even come when you know? Why are we even trying? It's not working. And then the little girlfriend, I don't know how she got my number. So she would ask me and I was like, come on, he's using you. He's a narcissistic, he's abusive. Good luck with that. Good, good luck with all that mess. But unfortunately, the the girl died. She had cancer, hey? She had breast cancer, something like that. And she passed on. Ah, oh, you saw rest in peace. So it was, he tried to lower me back. I, I 
tried, I almost fell for it at some point in time, but then I'm glad that I was strong enough just to let, leave that mess all behind me there. He was really boxed up. So I was given a car and had to leave the car, leave the lifestyle, leave all the money. I was now dependent on him and go home and start living for myself, go to work, pick up my career and all of that. I needed to do that. So it didn't work out with Tanda that way. That was my most toxic relationship ever, ever. And he even tried to reach out to me in 2019. He's like, hi, how are you and your family? Uh, can I come and see you? And I go, hey, Satan, devil, no. Hey, please stay away. Stay away from me. I will not entertain this. And I blocked him. He came, back, he came on my Facebook, so I kind of like blocked him. And so that is my most toxic relationship. And I didn't even tell you the finer details to this relationship. They were like horrible things that happened. And I thought I could share them, but I can't. <laughs> I will not go back into that space in my head. I will not do that to myself for the sake of a podcast. Hell, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not getting money from this. So that's the relationship with Tawanda and that's how it ended and that's how it started and that's how bad it was. There is more, more, because this were years and years of this relationship. There is more. You would not believe the shit that I went through for that nigger who, who was not even my husband. He was just a nigger I knew. And I thank God. And I, 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 I feel like every situation that you go through, it's necessary you go through some things for, for, for a bigger picture or for, 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 so that you know what you, what you need for yourself, how to, to surf through the chef and the real things. So I, I, I don't know. I'm glad I'm, I'm over that and I've moved on and I've got my own life and I'm happy. So that's it. On the podcast, let's just finish up the song and then I'll say bye to y'all. Thank you for listening. Yes, I see.
definitely love this remix and whoever did this remix bless you like bless you and who agrees with me that Timberland needs to start producing for Ariana Grande like I think they would make a perfect duo so that's all the tracks that I prepared for you that um were done for the one in a million instrumental. I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did. I absolutely loved them. And I'm going to make this a playlist and listen to it every day. That's what I do when I get hooked on certain songs. I listen to them for every day for like three months before I get fed up. <laughs> so bring in the questions, okay, please. Uh, send in the comments and the questions so that I can answer them on my next podcast on the next episode and then we can discuss more things thank you for listening and thank you to my subscribers My I see that my stats are increasing so for those who are requested for this podcast I'll DM you the link I'm not going to post it on the timeline I'm just going to DM the people who actually asked for this podcast for this episode so you can listen and um, I hope your curiosity is done from the final exp explaining of the details of this thing that I shared on Chelsea's space. I hope you have a good weekend. The rest of your weekend is beautiful. I hope you're going to church. Okay, we're in a pandemic. I hope you are going to keep your, your Christian and church ethics on a higher note tomorrow since it's a Sunday. Bless up, bless your family, and keep safe, mask up, sanitize, and see ya. Bye. <laughs> See you guys.